Hello to all of my pastors, ministers, members, and friends. This is Therapy for Church, the podcast. I am your host, Narkia, licensed clinical therapist. And so let's get started. So this is season one of the Therapy for Church podcast. This is episode one. In this premiere season, we're going to be talking about foundations. This is where we level set and we come to an understanding about mental health, about mental needs, about some of the issues that are pressing within the church and within our ministries, even within Christian homes. So we want to talk about it. We want to discuss it. And then we also want to be able to provide some spiritual and some practical and clinical solutions. I want to answer a few questions for you just to get us started. So question one, why the church? Why am I talking to specifically to the church as the body of Christ, um, the church as an organization? So houses of worship and individual ministries. Why this specific audience? Well, let me give you a few reasons. Number one, there's a need. There is a need for education and understanding of mental health diseases and disorders and disabilities, emotions and instability in the physical sense. I believe that there is a need for us to have a better understanding of some of these emotional needs as it relates to our physical being. Number two, I wanna be able to provide some balance to this area of mental health within believers. As a spirit-filled believer, I understand the powers of darkness that are working against us when it comes to our minds and our being and our lives. And so I wanna also be able to provide some balance from a clinical perspective as well as to how we are to face some of these things and deal with them practically as we also build up our spirit and as we trust God to do the deep work within our spirit. Um, So that's reason number two. And number three, I am a part of God's church. I love God's church. God has given me a passion for this particular area. um, And I believe that I can carry this mission out to see people healed and set free and delivered from emotional struggles and pain. Um, And then just even dysfunctional circumstances. There are things that once we learn how to do it right, how to engage in it correctly, then we can be better at it, such as relationships, such as our our thought process. So these are some of the things that we can talk about um, as Christ followers, as believers, so that we are mentally well, that we can live mentally well, and that we can manage through circumstances well, that we can grow, that we can achieve and develop the things that God has placed us on this earth to achieve. So that is the answer to question one, why the church? Question number two is this, do you believe in deliverance? Absolutely. I believe in deliverance as it relates to casting out demons and have you know, being um, oppressed by these spirits of fear and depression and despair. I absolutely believe in demons being casted out. 
But I also believe that there are various forms of deliverance. And sometimes that deliverance comes in the form of therapy. Sometimes it comes in the form of facing some of these these demons and circumstances by by confronting them, by confronting the systems, you know, by confronting this this a system of um addiction, by confronting a system of rage. And so I do believe in deliverance, but I believe that the, this can take place in many different ways. Think about this, if somebody is struggling with obesity, we don't expect to just deal with a, a spirit of, of addiction as it relates to food without actually confronting those eating habits, without reducing the amount of food, without adding exercise. And so there are some physical components that we have to do as well. So it's the same thing with our mental health. There are some physical things, some practical things that we have to do. Maybe there are some things that we learn from a history of trauma. And so even once we deal with the root, the trauma, then there are still some patterns and behaviors that we have to unlearn. And so that's a process. It's still a part of the deliverance process. It is still a major part of the healing process. And so not everything is just one and done. So absolutely to question number two, do you believe in, in deliverance? I do. And then question number three, why are you so passionate about this? Why am I so passionate about this? Well, let me tell you a story. When I was a junior in high school, my mom gave me this envelope, this brown envelope, told me to put it in my book bag, give it to my aunt when she picks me up from school. Didn't think anything of it. I did that. My aunt comes, picks me up from school. I give her the envelope. You know, she told me to give this to you. She opens the envelope while we're sitting right there in the car and um, it has cash in it. It has money, it has her wedding rings and bands, like anything that was valuable and personal was in this brown envelope. And so my aunt goes to take me home, we get there, I look for my mom, I find her, she is in her bed and she has attempted to take her own life. We call the ambulance, they come, she gets rushed to the hospital, they have to do a charcoal treatment to, um, undo the effects of you know taking too many pills and so this really as a teenager started my journey of trying to figure out this whole mental health thing because y'all I did not see it coming why because I didn't know what to look for you don't know what you don't know and so I didn't know any signs or any symptoms of this. And then, you know, I'm a child. And at that time, I didn't feel like it. You know how you are when you're 16, you feel grown. But I was a child. And so I didn't, you know, I was very upset. I didn't know what to expect. I was just wanting her to make it through the situation. But that day kind of initiated a journey of mental health needs and issues that she had experienced and had to endure. And so she was hospitalized and treated and, you know, did well for a period of time. And then there was almost like a cycle of experiencing some very um, low periods of de depression, 
with some suicidal thoughts and then, um, you know, some different effects. And so it really affected me as um, a teenager growing into young adulthood. You know, my sister was at college at the time and then I had eventually gone to college. And so there were still some struggles here and there. I had to go back from school and kind of visit and check in. And so this began a journey for me of trying to figure out, hey, you know, what's what's going on so that I can be an advocate so that I can help. I need to know as a family member, what am I supposed to do in this process? And not just a family member, I'm a daughter. You know, this is somebody that I live with, somebody that I see every day. And so that's kind of where I started in this. And then, so I go to college, I major in psychology, didn't fully know what I wanted to do with that, but was very interested in the subject matter in the courses. As a freshman in college, I think it was on the very first day, like move-in day, I met a girl um, who became like one of my closest friends, even to this day. Now that's important, and so you'll find out why later. But we walked to the bookstore together, we're just talking. Um, it might have been the first week of school, I don't know. Classes hadn't started yet. Um, but we eventually, join um we see these these group of people talking one day and they were like campus from the campus ministries and there were different people from different churches talking about you know their ministries and you know just kind of sharing some information as the campus ministers right and so so my mom had always required that we went to church we went to a small church that was on the corner of the street where we live so even if she didn't come with us she got us dressed, she gave us our offering, and she made sure we always had an offering in our purse and a napkin, and she you know, sent us to church. So when I get to college, I'm like, first thing I'm cutting out, going to church. I don't have to do that anymore because I'm really an adult now. And um, here we come and we see these campus ministers. They're all talking, sharing about their ministries, and this one guy was like, you know, if we need a ride, if you need a ride somewhere, we'll take you to Walmart. And that's all I remember hearing. I don't know, remember what else he was saying about the church, but I was kind of like, I don't have a car. Freshmen weren't allowed to have a car. And even if we were allowed, I still didn't have one. So we go to this church and I'm thinking afterwards we can go to Walmart, which we did. <laughs> However, I did not stop going to that church. And so I, it was important to mention my friend because now here I am seeing, in, in retrospect, right, here I am seeing the hand of God at work in my life and just kind of orchestrating things that I had not planned for, intend for, or prepare for, but here he is, kind of cultivating the right relationships at the right time. So this is a very ministry, um, mission-minded ministry. Um, it's called Tabernacle of Praise in York, South Carolina. Very mission-minded ministry. And so we had the opportunity to go on mission trips to different countries in Africa. And so I went a couple times. My professors had allowed me to take the time out of class to be able to go. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can just do this. I can just be a lifelong missionary out on the mission field. 
Um, but you know, that did not work out. <laughs> it just felt that way. It felt like home. It felt so natural being in those places. And so when I came back and I actually got back to school, uh, um, I recognized that social work was really the thing that aligned the most closely to being on the mission field. And so I was working in the research department uh, um, as a psychology major, and there were all these other social workers. I don't know how I ended up working in the research department for the um, department of social work, but I did and ended up just really going far in that position. And so after I graduated with my bachelor's, I just went on and, and pursued my master's in social work. I realized what I can do with that type of degree, um, had no intention at all of doing any type of counseling or therapy. I was like, well, that's not what I want it for. But I, you know, I understand that that's an option. I can get my license. I can be a therapist. Who wants to do that? And so I start my, I work in inpatient psychiatric units. I had interned there in the last part of my um, master's program for a, over a year. And after graduating and getting my license, they hired me. So I was there part-time and then I also got a job at a, um, at a Salvation Army as a housing specialist, as a case manager for a transitional housing program. And so while there, my um, supervisor said, you know, I do supervision, clinical supervision for you to get your license. I can offer it to you for free. And I was kind of like, no, you know, I, that's not something I'm interested in. I'm not going to really do any type of therapy. So I don't I don't really need that. And she's like, I, need, I think you should get it. It'll just make you more marketable in the future you have this opportunity. And so she did. She became my supervisor and she, you know, made sure that I got all my clinical hours and everything. And she did it absolutely for free as I worked there at the Salvation Army. So now in retrospect, I see how God had really aligned me for the place that I am now. I thought I would never use <laughs> this clinical license. What, what do I need it for if I'm not going to do therapy? I don't want to sit down and just you know, talk to people, but God was really setting things in motion for me to be in this position, to have these conversations, to help people get to a place of healing and deliverance. And when I look back over my life, I realize how he instilled that fire in me to go after this. I have a personal connection to it with, with, you know, the situation with my mother and that I have a really God inspired connection to this mission and to this goal. So I hope that helps you to get a little bit of background about who I am, about what I do, about what I would want to offer to you and how you can benefit from being in this space. So like I said before, this season, we're going to really talk about foundations. I need you to really stick with me because some of the things that we talk about this time, you're going to be like, well, that's not, that's not mental health. That's not mental health. We're not just going to jump on. I know there are some major mental health concerns such as depression. I know that there are people that are in churches that are in houses of worship that are leading ministries that are very depressed and that are struggling with these issues or that you know these things or that things anxiety fear um and so we'll talk about some of that but 
at the foundation, we're going to talk about some of the other things that we look at and we don't really even understand that these are things that relate to our mental health and our mental wellness. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and follow me on all socials on Instagram at Therapy for Church or at Narkia Bird on Facebook at Narkia Bird, LCSW. You can also check out our website, www.therapyforchurch.com. And our email address is booking at therapyforchurch.com. If you have any questions, comments, you have questions you'd like me to answer on the podcast, shoot me an email. I would love to respond to you. May God cover you with blessings, peace, strength, and safety. I will see you next time.